Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All righty, rocking and rolling. It is the Zach Gelb Show, coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. The Kansas City Chiefs, death taxes and the Chiefs being in the AFC title game for their sixth straight year. They are in the AFC title game going up against the Baltimore Ravens this time and headed on the road to go to Baltimore this Sunday. Drew Tranquil has been a part of the Chargers organization from 2019 to 2022 and this past offseason elected to sign on board with the Kansas City Chiefs, and he should be playing a major factor in this AFC title game, and he's kind enough to jump on board with us right now. Drew, first off, congratulations. Always appreciate your time. Thanks so much for doing this, and how you been? Zach, I've been great. It's good to see you again, and um, hope everything's well on your end, man. Super excited. Obviously, my first time in the AFC title game, um, but there's a lot of energy, a lot of good vibes around the building, and, and we're excited to, to go play a really good football team in Baltimore. Yeah, how is this for you internally when you hear that the Chiefs are going to be in the AFC title game? Because nothing against the Chargers, but they just always have that feel of having a talented roster and just not getting the job done in the playoffs. To now go to a team where the standard is every year to win a Super Bowl, to be playing in this AFC title game on Sunday and knowing that that is now a reality, just what are the emotions that it elicits for you? Well, I know my wife and my little boy and uh, my girls and, and myself, we're super excited. It'll be our first time, like I mentioned, but um, yeah, just a, a seasoned group, a group that's been really couple Super Bowls, put them through. And so there's just so much to learn from the coaches and the players in this building. And I'm certainly grateful to be a part of this team and organization. And um, there'll be a lot of good energy there on uh, on Sunday afternoon. I got to take you back uh, to the last round. Man, that was some scene in uh, Buffalo uh, last Sunday. What a classic game once again between the Bills and the Chiefs. But it looked like you were having some uh, fun there at the end with the Bills Mafia fans that were throwing snowballs at you, which was just crazy. Yeah, they were hurling them. Um, it just – I felt like a kid, man. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, man, football is awesome. It is it's so awesome. It's, it unifies people in a way – that not many things in life does, um, can do. And um, it was really cool to silence that crowd and get away. Obviously, their players were, were chirping a lot early in the week um, about home field advantage, this, that, and the other. And I felt finally having to go there. And to um, win that game, I chose every way out the way that we did. And I think really just brought us closer and, and helped us build more confidence as we keep this thing going here. Talking to Drew Tranquil right now from the Kansas City Chiefs. They're getting set to go up against the Ravens in the AFC title game on Sunday. The fake punt. Uh, I saw some inside the NFL clip that Nick Bolton was saying to you guys, be aware of the fake punt. You know, there's a possibility it was coming. I know you were on the field for it. Did you guys sense that that fake punt uh, was going to happen, that the Bills elected to run on fourth and five with DeMar Hamlin? Well, I mean, you certainly sense that uh, the offenses both on both sides were rolling. And the defense is every stop you could get was was critical and crucial. And so we were able to kind of bow up there, um, create a fourth and five. And certainly that's a situation when your antennas are up. Um, our guys, you know, 
we only had 10 guys on the field, I think, but the guys that were in there, you know, we did a great job of recognizing it. Um, their communication was a little bit different than it was in their, in their typical pump pro. Um, and I think some guys picked up on that. We picked up on the snapper's hands, um, kind of a little softer on the ball. And he kind of, his touch on his snap was a, was a little bit different. And so those subtle things right before the ball is snapped can kind of trigger you, but guys just executed well and we were able to get the stop there. Yeah, I was kind of shocked that they elected to run it. I get what what you're saying, and obviously you guys wish you had 11 guys on the field, but it didn't matter either way. Uh, But, like, I look at that. If you're going to go for it, you may as well just put the ball in the hands of Josh Allen and just line you up. Like, I would rather have Josh Allen with the ball in his hands with 11 guys on the defense than running a fake punt, especially the way they ran it. I just thought it was such a low percentage play, even though you guys only had 10 guys on the field. I, I was shocked by it. Yeah, well, I mean, we've been caught by a couple of fakes this year. Um, our punt team or our punt return team has. Um, we hit the Chargers a couple of weeks ago on uh, really a similar concept. We ran it to the right, I think. Um, but you'd be surprised, man, that direct snap, especially when a, when a team books you for being in a six or seven box. I mean, they had to look. We had, I mean, we had 10 guys on the field. I think we had five guys in the box. Uh, they certainly had the numbers, and our guys just out-physical and out-executed them. Um, and we were able to kind of cut the edge off and make them cut it back. But, um, you know, the timing, you can catch teams off guard, and that that can be a special weapon. I know our team has uh, certainly used it this season, and uh, we've used it in the past, and Coach Tove really likes that play. But, um, yeah, I mean, you've got a great quarterback in Josh Allen. I think when you put it out there in fourth and five and, and go for it, um, you know, I don't know what the percentages are there, but I think we had had three good snaps on defense back-to-back. So, you know, it's something if, if they hit it and they get it, you know, they're they're super smart. And if they don't get it, it's it's something that's obviously going to be in question. I remember talking to your defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnola, back in like week three. And I said, man, you guys really have something this year on defense. And I don't think you guys are getting enough national recognition. And Spags is like, that's right where we want them. Everyone focus on the offense. Just leave us alone. We'll keep on doing uh, what we do. How about the confidence of this group? Because in the second half, I know in the first half didn't exactly go your way, but really that second half to hold that Buffalo team to only one touchdown in the second half, the final 30 minutes of play uh, is really a remarkable achievement. Well, I think we have great chemistry and confidence as a unit. I think we've got a lot of guys with some experience, um, a lot of veteran leadership and a really player driven group um, that kind of just flies around. And so, um, you know, something that we've been great at all season is is making halftime adjustments. I think you look, even in the Bengals game a few weeks ago, I think we gave up 17 points in the first half. The Chargers game comes to mind. The first time we played them in Arrowhead, I think week six or seven, gave up 17 points. And then we've had really – we've played really good second-half defense. I think that's a testament to Spags and our coaching staff, all the position coaches to, you know, huddling up and making the right adjustments at halftime. And then us as players not turning on each other and, and just kind of being unified and – um, and playing stout team uh, unit defense in the second half, um, which we certainly did this past Sunday and needed to to win that game. Um, and so that's going to be really important, obviously, in, in Baltimore. You never know how these games go. I mean, we could get up two scores on them. You know, we talk about it every Saturday night before the game. You got to be ready for the extremes. You can get up two scores and you got to keep your foot on the pedal, or you could go down two scores and you can't start chirping at one another and turning on each other. You got to come together and start playing consistent unit defense. So, um, that'll be important, whatever the outcome or however the game starts on, on Sunday for us. Drew Tranquil here with us on the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. I was watching uh, Good Morning Football earlier this a.m., and they were doing a segment like underrated players that could play 
a major impact in the game on Sunday. And uh, Peter Schrager brought you up, and I think he's dead on because of his athleticism. I think you're going to have a big role one way or another going up against Lamar and the Ravens. So how do you kind of uh, make about those comments and, and what could be asked of you this week up against Lamar and the Ravens? I, I, Drew, you still there? I, I think we had trouble uh, getting you there. You got what I said? What I said? Yeah. Can you hear me, Zach? Yeah, we got you now. Go ahead. Yeah, that's a, that's an honor. Uh, Peter's obviously great at what uh, he does, and I, I appreciate that praise from him. But man, I look across our entire defense. We've got speed across the board. Um, you talk about myself. You talk about Willie Gay. You talk about Leo Chanel, Nick Bolton. Uh, you talk about Trent McDuffie, um, Legarius Sneed, Jalen Watson, Josh Williams, Justin Reed. Uh, you know, everybody in our secondary um, <clears throat> can fly around on our second levels. we got defensive ends that play well. So um, Lamar is obviously special. He can make people miss in the open field. Um, but we're going to have some opportunities to make some big plays Sunday, and we're going to have to do that when uh, when the opportunity comes. You don't have to prepare to go up against Patrick Mahomes because he's your teammate. You used to have to do that when you were at the Chargers. When you look at the rest of the league, just because of that ability to run like no other and then also throw the football, too, that Lamar has, is he the toughest quarterback for you in football to just prepare for? Well, I I haven't played him yet, Zach, uh, but certainly when you look at the tape and what he's able to do, throwing the ball, um, running the ball, everybody knows he's he's as dynamic a runner as there is in the NFL, whether you want to talk about running backs or quarterbacks, he's as dynamic as they come. Um, He can make guys miss. He's got the speed, the top end speed to go the distance. Um, But I think something that jumps out to me and and our players and our coaches early on is how much he's developed in the pocket, Um, his patience as a passer, his ability to um, and willingness to take check downs when they come and not just, you know, run around. Um, and so uh, he's a great player. It's going to be, he's going to be tough to stop. I know that you talked about uh, this year and what it's like going from the Chargers to the Chiefs, but after being right in the same division and going up against them for the last few years, now to be in the same locker room as a Mahomes and a Kelsey and, and learn uh, from Andy Reid as a head coach. Uh, just how was that initially when you first walked into that locker room going from enemy to I know it's part of the business to then just being one of them in Kansas City? Yeah, it took time. Uh, it was weird walking in the first day. It's like, man, what am I doing here? Um, I've been going against these guys, you know, two times a year for the past four years. Um, but slowly, uh, it's just become a brotherhood. I mean, those guys um, are really good friends of mine, um, the competitive greatness in this building, the competitive stamina to go through OTAs, through training camp, through a long preseason season and postseason, year in and year out. I mean, these guys really, really do strive to be the best um, and the best in the National Football League, the best in the world. And um, I've certainly learned a lot from the likes of, you know, Andy and Patrick and Travis and Chris. And, you know, you go down the list of all the number of great players and coaches we have. Um, and even our ownership, and you talk about Brett Veach in the front office, um, everybody's just kind of built different uh, here, and there's a championship culture, and that takes time to build, and, you know, they've obviously built it here, and um, it's special when you when you get to be around it. So we always know the Chiefs are in the spotlight. When you're the team everyone's hunting, you're going to get attention like no other, and then all of a sudden Travis Kelsey starts dating Taylor Swift, and then that attention just gets put on steroids pretty much. Uh, Drew Tranquil, what has that been like being in that locker room with all the extra attention now uh, with the whole Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey relationship? 
it's interesting. You don't really, you don't really feel it and hear too much of it inside the locker room. Um, but it'll be moments like at practice when, when Canal, uh, our DJ turns on a Taylor Swift song and everybody kind of, you know, jokes about it. I think the wives and the girlfriends, um, I hear about it more when I go home than I do actually in the building, but, um, it's been fun, man. It's, you know, that's, uh, that's something to celebrate something fun. And, um, you know, we, we enjoy poking fun at, at Travis, but it seems like maybe they're in love, man. They got really, really something going and, uh, we enjoy having her at our games. It brings a lot of energy and a lot of fun to our fans. And so, um, that's good for business, good for football and, and good for the NFL. You, you expected an invite to that wedding eventually, right? We'll see, man. We'll see. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of people that want to go to that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we let your tranquil run, uh, you talked a little bit about Mahomes. You know, some people believe that he'll end up being the greatest quarterback of all time whenever it's all said and done. Uh, just how about the greatness that you see day in and day out after going up against him for so many years and then now uh, being a part of it, seeing it day in and day out in that locker room? Yeah, I couldn't imagine being in his shoes um, and, you know, people talking about the greatest of all time and, and all the pressure that could be put on somebody like that. But he, man, he handles it with such grace. And um, to be in the pressure cooker in those moments, you go into Buffalo on your first, you know, road playoff game and everybody's, oh, can he do this? Can he do that? And, and to have the performance that he did, and, um, you know, the moment never seems too big for him. He's super level-headed. He's consistent in everything he does from what he wears out to practice to his routines. Um, and I think whenever you, you have consistency in your routine like that and you have somebody who's as hungry and, and competitive as he is, you can have the, the competitive stamina and the competitive greatness to, to achieve the things that he's done. And um, Obviously, it takes a special player, and he is that, um, but he's got all the intangible, I think, you know, that you're looking for in terms of somebody being great. So um, I'm glad he's on my team. Yeah, I know that you're real focused on the AFC championship game. And you know what happens if you guys win this, you go to the Super Bowl. Like naturally, do you find yourself throughout the week just like thinking, man, we win this game, we're in the Super Bowl, or is just all the focus is only on the Ravens? Like when you get a moment just to yourself, does that thought creep into your head? Wow, we're really 60 minutes away from a Super Bowl. I mean, I think it definitely fuels you. I mean, that's what you're striving for every week is your, you know, the end goal is to hoist that Lombardi trophy and, and every game is a step in that direction. Um, I think the closer you get to it, the more hungry you get. Um, but, it, you know, you learn as a competitor and as a player in this league, the second you, you look past even a moment or a drive, um, a series or a half or a game, like, players are too good. Teams, coaches are too good in this league and, and you'll get beat. You really, it's a, it's a league where you have to focus on the present moment. And if you don't, um, you're going to find yourself in a lot of trouble. So that excitement is certainly there internally, but um, man, all, you know, mentally you have to remind yourself like in terms of your preparation, like we got to beat the Ravens. We got to do every little thing, every small detail that we can to maximize, you know, our opportunity to win. Well, good luck. I really do appreciate you carving out some time for us. I know it's a busy week. Uh, thanks so much for doing this, and, and have a great game on Sunday. Hey, thanks, Zach. We'll see you guys. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 